0: So this evening's Dharma talk will be given from um, our house. This is my studio. And I brought in a friend who came from China some time ago, (laughs) where he was created. Title of the talk is The Ignored Frontier. So the idea there is to uh, endeavor to point to uh, the consciousness where nothing particular is arising, is arising or is known, and we need to spend quite a bit of time going through the furniture of our personal mind, through the the stumps and logs and bumps and rocks and rivers and mountains and so on. Mm-hmm. And we need to do that with some vigilance and some uh, persistence. And it's difficult because quite often we run into signs, or at least we interpret those signs as "this is this is not right, this is not helping." You're not you're not making any progress here. All we see is more, uh, more mountains and valleys, or more bumps, or more uh, uh, underbrush. There's nothing happening here, or perhaps what is happening is very very disagreeable, and uh, sometimes a word for this. Sometimes in medicine. If we use something that is, uh, um, that seems to be against our overall health, uh, sometimes uh, functions to uh, invigorate us or keep us going. I think the word is, if I remember it correctly, is hormesis. Uh, which, of course, that that works in some areas and not in others. You can't just do something negative and expect it to always produce good results. I think the Wim Hof uh, approach of being uh, in, immersed in cold water for a length of time is supposed to help the overall system in some way that I can't really uh, describe particularly. Some of our uh, monastery residents have done that kind of a practice. But the idea is that um, another way of saying it is a voluntary difficulty or suffering or dissatisfaction to go into that creates uh, uh, changes or, or attitudes towards the negativity that is arising that helps us see that we could actually face it. We could actually go into the negativity rather than get upset with it and try to run away or make excuses or blame and so on. So basically what shows up is a fear of the unknown. But these, it seems to be necessary to do this. Sit down, hold still, uh, watch the mind until the spaciousness of the mind, which is unknown, which has a doesn't give us rep- reference points, begins to show up. And then uh, we create more problems if we we grasp onto that apparent emptiness, openness, shunyata, however you would like to characterize it. And then we try to make it our own, make it our territory. And so this could be uh, some kind of a uh, spiral or circular um, rest area where we don't go any further. We just uh, conclude our understanding in the form of concepts, ideas, judgments, opinions, concepts, conclusions, and so on. So what is being, what we are encouraged, what I've been encouraged to do, and I'm encouraging you to do is to continue to go into that, to continue to go into the unknown, um, the empty, open space of the mind, the consciousness that doesn't have a lot of uh, trappings, doesn't have a lot of uh, handholds, doesn't actually have a stairway, do- doesn't have railings. I'm just using these uh, images or metaphors to help you see, encourage you to uh, go into that, go deeply into the nature of your mind. Find out who you are is the way I say it over and over again. The, the various identities will keep showing up, popping up,
1: and uh,
0: it is important to just continue to keep going. This It seems to be important to do this, to have, to come to any kind of natural or uh, innate sanity that the, that our consciousness is sometimes called Buddha nature or Anujra uh, Samyak, Sambodhi, Dharmakaya, uh, Sambhogakaya, Narmanakaya or Svabhavikakaya or the, the, when those come together as just this. And when those come together as just this, even that is extra, that thus just thisness is just a way of talking about there isn't anything going on, there isn't anything happening. Everything that is moving away, moving towards or standing still is not separate. So therefore, you could say that not much is going on there. We tend to impute or attribute or make up stories around everything to give us that feeling of what? Separation of somebody some person who can get ahead, some person who fears falling behind. Sometimes when, uh, depending on our style, when things go awry or get difficult, we tend to retreat into our particular way of shutting down. It could be characterized by ignorance, by passion, making excuses, uh, just shutting down or distracting, which is ignorance, making excuses, or blaming oneself or others, which is uh, uh, passion and uh or aggression just getting really uh irritated and upset and cranky and that fills up the space with someone who is upset or cranky or mad anger sometimes it goes so far that we we need to make a such a dent in our room or our yard or our life that we'll actually break things and try to show that we're really upset we show ourselves show others and so on yes
1: uh junchu has a question When you say go into the unknown,
0: location aspect to it, because we're using the concept of unknown. So it seems like it needs to be practiced by to sit down by oneself and hold very still and turn one's attention towards the mind or towards the consciousness, uh, which could be. Manifesting in terms of objects arising in any one of the six sense fields, including the mind, is thoughts, emotions, memories, and so on. And I say the way I teach this is to just observe. Other forms there are some forms that are very uh, proactive. You could say that go in and try to get you to calm down. Um, to me, that's uh, not that that can't be done. Can't be helpful. Uh, been happening in the Tibetan traditions, all other tr- traditions, Tse uh, and Laktong, or calm, Biden, resting the mind in tranquility, and uh, uh, vipassana or panoramic awareness. So those those things are are workable. But uh, the way we practice that here is, uh, and the name is a, a Japanese word is shikantaza, or just precisely this, which is saying that everything you're looking for is this, is here. It might show up uh, initially as concepts, idea, ideas, uh, pronouncements, uh, validations. And so on, judgments, and so on, but one needs to, per, per, to needs to persist in looking at that, the movement there, and so it takes it takes some stubbornness and persistence to, to do that because it doesn't pay off. It, it, this is just getting worse.
1: Shodo has a question. Shodo, um, he asks, is karma the same as fate?
0: <laughs> so I think uh, the. The way fate uh, is used is, uh, we'll, we'll start with karma. The way karma is used is just action, cause and effect, cause and effect. This happens and that happens and this happens, and the the material world that we're downloaded into this human realm, if in fact that's where we're at, and we probably are, probably are, if we're listening to this uh, uh, this dharma talk, uh, then the action reaction. And it's the idea is to observe that without. Letting any of it snag you, and you may have to see the way it snags you, the way in which you hang on, the way in which you grasp, the way in which you reject, which is another form of grasping, the way in which you shut down or dis- distract yourself, which is another form of grasping, of wanting things to be different than they are. And so, um, but the fate is, uh, it, it's like saying, "Well, it's fate." It's like a resignation to, "Well, that's your karma." That would be using karma in the word uh, in the same way that the word fate is used. Well, it's just your fate to be a um, a, uh, a mindless wretch. You've been talking to yourself that way. It's just your fate to have. The, it's just your fate to be president of the United States. Just your fate to be uh, uh, end up in uh, uh, in the penitentiary or something. But you're fated. Um, it's not that there isn't something happening there. Of course, there is. Otherwise, you would, we would all have the same eye color. We would all have the same height. We would all say it wouldn't even be possible because the differentiation needs to occur in terms of uh, independent uh, people, animals, bugs, birds, clouds. Everything is coming out of dependent origination, which is a uh, very, very complicated. The complications there are so vast and extended that we don't even see them it's like looking at a blur it's like looking at the desert and just seeing each individual piece of sand pretty hard to do what we see is what a desert and when we look at ourselves what we see is me we don't see all the little tiny pieces and particles that are are not only here in this uh in the the way that it is evident but also what has been going on forever uh that comes together in this particular manifestation, in this uh, apparent moment. So karma and fate, if you have further questions about it, I can look at that. But um, it seems like it's coming out of some other kind of understanding or or misunderstanding. Karma's action, fate is, uh, sounds like predestination or something. It's predetermined. You have no say-so about it.
1: Do we have any say-so about karma? We
0: have some just like the one I'm always using is I have a say-so about whether I can put my hand here or put my hand on my knee. And if we think we're a body-mind complex, then it looks like we have all kinds of control. And it's just those other people that get in our way that keep us from making a million dollars or keep us from uh, doing this or that or the other thing or anything we want to do, something else gets in our way. So, So I have some. Very good to see how much and and one of the ways you can do that, one of probably one of the few ways you can do that, if not make, perhaps the only way, I don't know for sure. I haven't looked at everything in the universe is to hold very still and watch the impulsiveness of them, the perception impulse, perception impulse, perception impulse, perception impulse. Instead of just observing what arises, we abandon it for what we think it means, or we abandon it for how it makes us feel, or we abandon it for, uh, ice cream in the refrigerator, which is what I just did recently. Am I supposed to be eating ice cream?
1: Probably not.
0: Okay. It slips my mind sometimes. Yes.
1: Jin-shu has another question. Um,
0: okay. She
1: asks, who has the say-so? You said mm-hmm. that we have some say-so over open karma. Who is that that has that say-so?
0: So the, the who uh, shows up as a, an individual that is uh, trying to have a good life trying to train their mind uh, there's a there's a, a temporary identity that's uh, functioning but the more that that temporary identity comes into doubt the more we look for something deeper something more uh, more that has some kind of de- grit to it or some kind of I don't know substance something that that you know, we want to trust, but we're, we can't quite do that yet because we need to look further. We need to look more carefully, more closely. And this is what the Buddha's, uh, the Buddha Dharma is about for 2,500 years. People stumble into this or run into this or led into this or are taught or are born into it, however. And, um, and then we begin to see, this is a particularly good way, a particularly good way of working with the mind, because it's not that there isn't a lot of Control or manipulation going on in the politics of, uh, uh, of Buddhism. Uh, there isn't everything, but you could. It is an opportunity for you to work with the mind in a very, very direct way, where you can see yourself. You can train your mind to see clearly yourself. If you really understand what Buddhism is and what it teaches, Buddhism vanishes because it's just a path. And once you've uh, once you've understood that, or once you once the goal is reached, to use the literal way. Uh, there's no path yet, no path left. Rather, yet one continues to continues to go, continues to move further into that. But then the path is not is no longer a set of instructions or admonitions or corrections or any of that more.
1: Um, Ethan says hi.
0: Hey, Ethan. What up, yo? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kozan has a question. Okay. She says, you mentioned Wim Hof as a practice of being with what is uncomfortable. Off the cushion, is it helpful to complement our sitting practice with something physically challenging or uncomfortable?
0: I think that would be up to you. Uh, I think, you know, just like exercise doesn't feel very good and it is uncomfortable, but we... Uh, We build our muscles and we build up. We actually, you could say, get something out of it. And I know there's the, the interesting thing. I'm not sure what the investigation would turn up there, but there's the bands that you put around your biceps or your leg muscles and then you exercise. And it tends to send some kind of a because you're restricting it sends kind of some kind of a message to that. So that's something that it could be looked at. There's ways in which that works to somehow benefit us, benefit us in different ways. And there's other ways where it may not work so well. Like there's a controversy out there about if you had a little bit of alcohol, this would be good for your heart, but too much alcohol, of course, this is uh, not so good. And I need not say more about that. So that the negative, positive, neutral. All of that kind of energy movement uh, can be done through your awareness, through your intelligence, or through your own perception. But be careful about teaching anybody else about something unless you're really, really confident uh, that what you're saying is uh, has a fundamental uh, um, benefit to it. Sitting meditation does, and just its very nature is you stop doing stuff and you see what continues to move on. And this is the way you begin to understand um, the true nature of control, the true nature of authority, and the true nature of your consciousness.
1: Chi Sho from uh, Houston. Yes, Chi He says, just to let you know that within the first five minutes, your talk sorted out a self-centered attitude that he was in this entire day. Thank
0: you. You're welcome, Mr. Wisdom Hammer.
1: And Shoka has a question. What is the path when it goes beyond forms or rules?
0: So to take the the story that started there, you're on the path and you're noticing that the forms and the rules are beginning to subside. And yet there's still a path quality going on. Uh, Then I would say that's a path quality with no particular rules or forms. It's still a path. If if it were, uh, if it were uh, a completion, uh, you wouldn't have the question. And so, uh, to take that a little further, just to sit and not really have any questions doesn't doesn't mean you've come to fruition. And also, to not to see that there aren't any questions doesn't necessarily mean there's a problem either. Don't abandon anything that's happening for something else. Anytime you do that, circles.
1: What is the fruition? On the path,
0: you actually see that anything you see, uh, you're not separate from. You're not the same as that. So the one of the what was the ninth century uh, uh, Sandokai that we rec- we've been reciting in the morning. And I think the third sutra that we chant is uh, Sandokai by Sakyo Kisen, um, middle of the ninth century somewhere. But they have sameness and difference. It, it's a, just a way of talking about the duality that to show the way that the reason we're tricked is they look like two separate things and the ego mind the self-centered mind the seventh consciousness the cage of our afflictions wants to use that right and wrong up and down back and forth grasping structure to secure itself and continue to reify that identity but the one who sees uh if you see that it's both uh different and the same then uh if you don't do anything with it if you don't conclude and if you don't do like that crazy Sekito Kiesin did, write a poem about it. He just destroyed his whole enlightenment there. But he did it for us.
1: Juzon asks, does absolute clarity show up as relative clarity?
0: Both the idea of relative and absolute vanish. There, there's, there, there is no other. There, it's empty of, of any otherness. So there, there can't be any contrast. That being said, if we if we if someone who understands this meets people who who are having difficulty with uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance, with uh, um, uh, pride and shame, and all the other uh, eight worldly dharmas, then it, with the ones with their permission, one who sees this can possibly help them if the chemistry, if the connection is right. Not always that is not always the case and sometimes the person may see that but may just not want to pursue it it's just too much work there's not enough really good gooey feedback there's not enough nutrition for the uh for what they think is a wisdom mind but actually is the ego we need to starve the ego <laughs> so not be mean no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about not eating or sitting on uh, nails or um, torching oneself with cold weather. Unless it's Wim Hof, of course, and you can do it <laughs> a little bit. But but it's a it's a, a deliberate uh, um, it's a it's a elimination diet for for the the self centered grasping mind. We don't give it much to grasp to grasp onto. Nor nor do we run away so it, it leaves the self-centered mind which is a which is a sham which is untrue which is a mask and which is a charade and which is invented and it, and, and it needs it's a, as trunk burnpeter said it's a paranoid insurance policy we it's a policy we believe in this so it is based on paranoia on something's going to get us something's going to get ahead something's going to take us down we're going to end up being wrong and humiliated and so on more
1: another question yes um, from june chu is the ignored frontier out of our reach or out of reach of our awareness?
0: No, that frontier begins to show up as soon as you have the intention to see deeply into the truth and you're sincere about it and you're you're um, determined and persistent. And one of the ways to do this is just schedule yourself, just keep coming back and as they say, take your medicine. Say, keep coming back and looking at it with the encouragement of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And so it's it's not as far as out of out of our reach. It might you might, the self centered mind may dream that up or think that up uh, with the idea of maybe I should just stop. I'm probably never going to get this. That's why it seems that vows are important. There, it's hard to once you do that, once you sincerely commit to that, you will notice that's got a lot of a lot of glue in it. Not everyone should do that. I'm not here to market anything, but if you've done that, then you'll notice that seems to be helpful to stay with it. And it can't even show up as feeling guilty because you haven't been sitting. But if you're that guilt's going to show up about something, if you have it, then it's going to trigger something. You don't suddenly get start feeling guilty just because you receive precepts. You just keep going.
1: Uh, Shuka has another question, and he mm-hmm. might need to clarify. Um, okay. He asks, what is the unknown in the territory having questions arise?
0: Ignorance. <laughs> Vanilla, Ethan. I'm, I'm looking at the questions. Oh. And for Laura Rutkowski and Travers, uh, recent sitting sessions, the wall is changing colors and shadows, like watching a show. How long will this go on? It doesn't matter may go on and may not it doesn't mean much it's just filling up space with daydreams of various kinds just watch enjoy it or or be irritated by it whatever shows up with it that's what it is it, it could disappear and for 3 weeks and then suddenly come back and what does that do generally it creates all kinds of what that's going on what am i doing am i sitting am i wearing, maybe I, I think i was wearing red socks during that time that's probably what it is don't do it don't go anywhere with it just phenomenon coming and going looking for a person get upset or get happy or get just somebody's trying to sell you something and you know what it is it's the seventh consciousness or the ego mind that is flooded with uh, a kind of grasping that is very hard to root out. I don't know if you can root it out but you can you can eventually see that it's unreal and then it gets very ashamed of itself and tries to make up to you I'm really sorry that I fooled you all these years making you think that you were somebody who could fail. Now, now they're working on. You're somebody who can succeed, which is even more fun.
1: So Shoka has uh, clarified what is ignorance in the territory of not having questions arise.
0: So it, it could show up uh, be ignorance, as I said, but it can also be uh, a pride in not wanting to knowing that one's uh, questions would. So we're not going to say them because we know that when we ask, anytime you ask a question, you begin to show how your mind works. So when you ask the question, and some people, even though you might think you're pretty fancy, other people are listening to what you're saying, they're they're noticing how nuts you are. <laughs> Apparently she's entertained by that. <laughs> and When I say that, I don't, mean, I don't mean they would be critical of you. They just notice that the way in which you, are thinking the way in which your mind comes to this and leaves that, or leaves that and comes to this, it, it shows the very nature of your confusion. Isn't it interesting how you can see other people's confusion so easily? Anybody you meet, you, uh, it doesn't take long, and you start to see the way in which they're um, deceiving themselves. I'm sure I'm obvious how I deceive myself. I'm, I'm, I've got everybody fooled, or some people fooled, that I'm somehow enlightened or I'm a Buddhist monk or something. So. <laughs> And shoka has got everybody fooled into thinking that he doesn't have any questions.
1: Shoto has another question. With the clarity we see others' confusion.
0: So the clarity with which we see others' confusion is an imputation. You don't really see there like it's a projection. You project onto them the confusion. They don't have the confusion you think they do, much to our surprise. (laughs) Seems so real. We're not saying there isn't something there but it's not as a dense a a a, uh, uh, a network of uh, thought patterns and conclusions and opinions and so on as it seems to be. It was the last half.
1: Can we see our own confusion with the clarity we see others'
0: confusion? I think that our own, our own confusion starts to show up, might show up in the form of what we think of others, start to look at our own uh, dismay about our life and about what's happening. And if you can... I don't say stay with it, but just don't abandon it. Don't don't go away for something else, uh, either through artificial means, drugs, activity. I'm just going to go and uh, and climb trees until this goes away. And uh, it, as you know, it's not that you couldn't do that. Of course, you could. If if life is really bad, go go to a movie or go to a you know go watch uh, Groundhog Day or something, or go be a groundhog do something else but if you can don't do anything with it if it's uh, there may be one day where you actually can just not do anything with it not even meditate just sit there and have the emotion that seems to be rising out of your footsteps out of your tracks out of your life right this moment because that's where that's where the actual cover-up is taking place or the um, modification of our identity in order to have some kind of feeling that we are someone
1: Chuka has another question. He asks, "Is that deception in quote others, unquote ours?"
0: The deception we see in others. Yes. Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> so, is that deception that we attribute to others? Uh,
0: it could become. Yes, it's mirror-like. That's what. That's what the. Uh, uh, song of the jewel mirror Samadhi the hope kills on my that's that's basically what that's pointing to and there's lots of teachings that talk about the mirror like nature yeah the uh, the uh, that wisdom is mirror like it, it's everywhere every you look you see yourself so you you also see the the way you deceive yourself and the way you the way you buy into this and sell that and so on and that But the self-centered mind, it's looking for a credential to be somebody else. It wants to be a person who is not unhappy, who does not suffer. The the Buddha didn't, particularly that I know of, uh, come out and say, well, all you have to do is meditate and you won't suffer anymore. He did say cessation, but he didn't particularly say what ceased. And if he did, uh, he probably did it expediently rather than as a, uh, some kind of eternal foundation for the truth.
1: Shoka has another question about the deception. Um, yes, he says, "How can we see that as ours?"
0: Well, if you're if you're actually literally asking me that question, how can we? I would say by training your mind. That's how you can see it. Because right now you assume it. You're assuming. Uh, I'm assuming you're assuming, uh, which I get to do that. That you're you think your thoughts are your own. So that's that's where you start. You can't you can't look out at somebody else and see that what you're thinking about them is a projection. And when the Buddha awoke, he, everything everywhere he looked, you saw the Buddha. He saw that nothing sleeps. Everything was awake. It just it, the consciousness is is just in terms of a human presence than the way in which it is showing up. It is being suffocated by its karma, by belief, disbelief, and ignorance. And that, that's what needs to be seen. And you need to see the way in which you're deceiving yourself. And this is what I talk to people when I go into drug rehab or people that have no interest in Buddhism particularly, but they don't like suffering. So the way I talk to them is uh, about f- see the way you're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. That's how you get into the bad neighborhood of uh, whatever, the forest of needles or bottles or patchouli baskets, whatever your problem is. We get into that and we, and then we blame others for it or blame our life or blame our parents. That's a really good thing to blame is blame your parents. I worked on that for quite a while. And we all do a little bit of that. And it's not that the parents don't have a hand in it, but they're also at the mercy of their unexamined uh, karma and their self-deception that they think is intelligence. I'll say that again. Their self-deception that they think is how brilliant they are.
1: Kozan has a question. Please. You said to Shoto something like, take a day and don't meditate. What is meditation? Can we be sitting on the cushion and not meditating?
0: Did I just say that tonight? Yes. Take a day and don't meditate?
1: Yeah.
0: I take that back. (laughs) You should keep meditating. (laughs) Now, does her question still make sense?
1: What is meditation?
0: Meditation is the process of saying what is true by through elimination and soft and not demanding. Can we be
1: sitting on the cushion and not meditating?
0: <laughs> yeah. People do that all the time. Yes, can. You know, it shows up, uh, it shows up different for everyone. Some can actually get up and say, nothing happens. I'm just sitting there. Maybe. Others say that they have cosmic experiences. Others say they're just plagued by their thought patterns. And they, it's just irritating to be there and thinking and thinking and thinking. Others say they're going back and forth between that. There's, I've heard about every description there is, including the um, descriptions I have for meditation.
1: I love this talk, the ignored frontier. Yes. Could you um, describe again
0: what, what that is? Like the idea of frontier is the last frontier was supposed to be space which is not a bad idea, and uh, the final frontier, I guess it was. And then then there's the western frontier, you know, the, the leading edge of going into the wilderness or something. Of course, uh, we didn't acknowledge there was a whole civilization of indigenous people there, so it really wasn't a frontier uh, in the true sense of nothing being there particularly. So it's the idea of going into that area of the consciousness where you have less and less of a foothold, less and less of a guardrail, less and less of a, and, and it's more and more and more and more open, more breathing room, more openness uh, at, at some point until the whole idea of openness and clo- clo- something open and something closed, that particular duality starts to come apart. And uh, then uh, my experience of, of that was a uh, long time ago was uh, the, th- the dimension of depth disappeared. And j- there was just uh, width and breadth and it didn't last very long. Thank God. Not Buddha? <laughs> yeah. Thank Buddha. Thank one of those deities. More about that?
1: So in terms of our practice, um, what kind, what frontier then could we be
0: ignoring? And we schedule six and a half hours a day. And I know people aren't always doing that whole time, but they're probably doing several hours just because it's, if you live at the monastery, you're pretty much going to have to do some meditating, much more than you would do if you uh, lived in St. Paul – or Detroit or Philadelphia or uh, uh, Sudetenland, because there's a strong forum and you've come and you've said, yes, I'll do this. And so therefore the Han and the bell rings and it's time to go. And you might be the one striking it. So at seven o'clock you go in and sit, sit there for a couple of hours, do the sutras, practice and continue to do over and over through repetition more.
1: Uh Jinshu has a follow up um, as we go deeper into the open frontier can it feel more narrow
0: yes, it might it can feel more difficult and it's just a, they're just passages they're just narrow but it just don't stop just continue to to continue to return it's called uh the in the Zen tradition Suzuki Roshi in his book beginner's Mind just return to square one always starting over always sitting down uh, New day, new wall, new mind, new, just completely nothing coming up from anything else. And so, um, Domino B, I like your points of view. Thank you for it. Yes. I didn't realize they were that pointed, (laughs) but you're
1: welcome. Um, I don't have any any other questions here. There are others that want to type in a question, perhaps. We still have a few minutes.
0: Or we can close. If you have questions, uh, uh, Do- Domino B, I think it's Domino says, "Are you a saint?" <laughs> of course, I look like a saint. So are you. We're all saints. We're all Buddhas. We're all transcendent beings. We just have to realize it. I'm not kidding. I don't kid much. Well, there's a few times. But yes, we're all we're all not separate from the Buddha. Find out. Find out. Go into that frontier. You have that. If you're looking at me, you're talking to me, you are you have that. You can do that. You, anyone listening to this message more than once, if you listen to it once and leave, then you probably, this is probably not your cup of uh, oxalates. Uh, so do something else. There's no right and wrong. I'm not here to say everybody should listen to this old man. No, I have, well, I have a couple dozen people that have been listening to me for a few years. That's enough. Just to... As I've said before, I don't want followers. You start following me, I'll chase you away.
1: Well, so far, Michael from the monastery hasn't been chased away, and he has a question.
0: He's yeah. not following me. Michael's not a follower. He didn't know how to follow anybody. Oh, tell him. He's in that box.
1: Yeah. Oh. Michael. His question. What? What does it mean to do nothing?
0: To see how much you keep doing. If you watch, watch the doingness, your hands moving like mine are, or your nodding or you're widening your eyes or thinking or taking pictures of cars at the car lot like you do you're always there's always some kind of doing this going on just watch that see if something's really happening and I'm not I'm not denying it I'm saying I'm not saying try to look for nothing happening that's not what I'm saying I'm trying to trying to say whatever is happening see how real that is is there someone there that's doing that is a happening occurring in terms of picking up a uh, um, picking up uh, your, your suitcase or your blankets or your laundry or your dishes from the, uh, uh, in our case from the white tar room and taking them out to, you know, is there is there someone doing that? Is there uh, there's a doing happening? But is is there someone doing it? If so, who who's doing that? So this is a this is a way you can find that out. You can do it.
1: Juzan has a question.
0: Yes.
1: He asks, how is the way we evaluate others? evaluating ourselves
0: so it's a it's a subtle area it takes some time to be able to see that and uh quite often when if i say that if you uh, jews or anyone begins to try to start to make something of that from the point of view like this there's a there's the underlying assumption you have to get rid of that and actually that's the way that's the way it starts out that's the way not being separate from anything starts out it starts out as showing you're starting to see oh my gosh you might not say my, "my oh my gosh." You probably use some kind of a Sanskrit word or something like whatever the uh, "parivrajika," <laughs> which means those who wander around. So uh, you you might see you might see that the that the projection is th- that shows up that way, and that's that's the beginning of seeing you're not separate. So you don't want to get rid of your confusion. Please don't. Confusion is included egos included everything is included there is nothing to get rid of nothing to change you don't have to be anybody else just be genuine and and that the the genuineness your own sincerity your own desire your wish to be liberated will lead you to the goal which you will find out is not exactly what you thought the goal was <laughs> i'm glad i could help you don't give up keep going uh, there's a there's a something said that has been said in the past, I'm not yeah. the only one to say this, I just think that it's worth repeating, and that is the boundary between meditation and post-meditation or your everyday life goes away. Uh, th- whether you're meditating or not meditating, it's the same thing, not separate, not separate, not separate. You could go and meditate and it may feel good, it may feel weird, it may feel loose, it may feel sleepy, it may feel anything. But it's not separate from your everyday life anymore. Nothing is separate anymore. The the teaching person is not separate from his or her students. Not they're not separate. <laughs> Pretty weird, <laughs> but not weird. It's just the truth. If you read the the not only the Tibetan masters uh, in ancient time, but the Zen and Chan uh, masters in ancient Japan, China, Korea, uh, they had different ways of teaching different people. The way Melerupa. Uh, uh, Marpa, the translator, who was uh, Melarepa's teacher, had—I uh, oh. think it was Melarepa, had him build houses out of stone, wasn't it, Milarepa? I Think so. I think eight or nine of them. As soon as he get the house all built, he'd build me a house. And he'd build the house, and he said, "You know, I don't want it there. Take it, take it apart, and put it over there." And he kept doing that and doing that. So, of course, Melarepa was a difficult uh, student. He was a, also a murderer, so maybe a little difficult. Made it needed a little extra help. And I think he even complained to other people why why do I get treated like this? Everybody else gets treated great, and I get treated like this. I had a similar experience like that with my Zen master. It wasn't quite as bad as that. <laughs> have to build any houses.
1: We have time for maybe a final question if anyone hasn't.
0: Anyone have a final question Let's see if there's one here. No I no, I think I've covered those that uh, are on there. Final question? No? Nothing here. Very good. Have a have a good evening, and thank you for joining. And uh, we'll be uh, kind of isolated because of the virus situation here for a couple of weeks to kind of see what tumbles out. I'm going to be 79 next month, and so I'm um, uh, at a little bit of risk with that kind of a virus. Anything else? Okay. Good. Thank you so much. Namaste.